following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Welcome back inside the TRN Time Machine. Of course, we're always sponsored by RD's Retro Detention, the YouTube series on the Retro Days channel. 1984 was a great year, uh, just in general. I mean, some of my favorite movies, some of my favorite cartoons came out that year. Toys were awesome um, based on all those cartoons that came out. But uh, just TV in general, there were some great shows in 84. And uh, you've been uh, kind of a, I won't call you a hoarder, but uh, a collector of old TV guides. So I guess what is the appeal around there other than uh, doing a podcast based on a certain year? (laughs) Well, I don't collect TV guides in general. I do Uh the fall preview issues because what we do in the retro world, it's plenty of stuff to talk about and write about and stuff Mm -hmm. that that we appreciate from back then and, and discovering stuff you didn't know about from back then. Like I'm sure we'll talk some of those things in this episode, but uh, I also like to buy Christmas week issues and Halloween week issues just for my own personal amusement to see what the heck was on TV when mm-hmm. in those weeks. Cause it's, it's interesting to look back and, and be like, Oh, okay. So they were showing Mickey's Christmas Carol, you know, three weeks before Christmas or Garfield was, you know, a week before Christmas, you know, that sort of stuff. I got you. But other than that, I don't just get random issues of TV guide, but I've got all the fall preview issues from 1980 through 1999. So that covers my sweet spot. And then I've also got some, uh, what I would call supplemental issues in that vein where they'll come back like with a winter preview of shows, you know, uh, the shows that are taking the place of some of the failed fall shows already. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. I could see the appeal and just, you know, scrolling through these images of shows that just didn't make it that are, I have no memory of at all. Miss me all together. You know, maybe we're only on for that fall season before a spring you know, show, you know, took it over. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the interesting going through this, uh, the fall guides is, you see all those shows you remember and love, but you see those ones that you're like, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> we got a bunch for, of those, I think, in this one. For people listening, I'm sorry you can't follow along, but I scanned all these pages and, and sent them to Jason. So we have them in front of us as we're talking about these shows. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to go ahead and dive in or you got any other lead into going through these shows? Uh, we'll just, we'll talk about some other things that's not in here. Cause you and I talked off the air. I looked up just to see what shows may not have been featured in this that went on to be something really good. And there's really nothing much. There's a couple notable things just to bring up later when we're through okay. it. Though, but, okay. Um, 1984, I do want to put a plug in here. 1984 was the year the episode of pressure luck aired featuring Michael Larson going on that incredible run where he was cheating mm-hmm. the city. And uh, you can go over to the retronetwork.com and, and read all about that. But that came out in 84, too. Cool. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that live. I think I've told that story before. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, so the TV Guide Fall Previews, they would actually break it down, all the shows that were debuting on the same night of the week. So you had a section for Monday, a section for Tuesday, and then they had this section at the beginning called Early Starters. And some of these shows that were in Early Starters actually started in like January or March of that year, but they were being featured here in this as well. And the first one that they mention is Airwolf. Oh, yes. I loved Airwolf. As a kid, I still love it. Jan Michael Vincent, Ernest Borg nine, Alex Cord with the uh <laughs> with the eye patch glasses. <laughs> never uh totally understood that, but uh Mr. No, Archangel. I never, but. I never watched it like in eighty four that I remember of. But it quickly went to syndication because I remember watching it um I don't know what station it would have been on, but it, if even if it was USA a local network. Channel, was it us i want to say i was watching it before that well maybe okay. it was usa because it was on at like 7 p.m or something like that mm-hmm. eastern so the reason i think it's usa is because they picked up that is it fourth or fifth season with the new cast and it was exclusive to usa network they kept the show going after who, who was it nbc uh abc, ABC that uh, originally aired it and uh, there was some I don't know, some contract disputes or maybe just the overall cost of the episodes. I think it was like a million bucks an episode to, to film the thing. Uh, so they, <laughs> they brought in the new cast and brought in uh, Stringfellow's brother, Sinjin, that he'd been looking for throughout the series as the new lead. I uh, can't remember the actor's name, but uh, I've gone back within the last, I don't know, maybe three years and watched the first probably two or three seasons, maybe two and a half seasons, some pretty fun guest stars in there. There's a young Shannon Doherty in an episode and um, trying to remember some of the other ones, but I like the storyline. It started out with a, I think a two hour movie and then, you know, moved into the one hour uh, episodes. But just as a kid, it was all about the vehicles back then for me, you know, you had kid and, you had the A-Team van, and you know eventually the movies would come along. You got Ecto-1 and the DeLorean, and I don't know. Those always appealed to me with those supercars or super vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the A-Team van wasn't, but anyway. Uh, my buddy Wyatt, huge into Airwolf. He had one of those little, It was, I think it was actually gas-powered. You'd put it on a string, and uh, it would go up in the air, but you could hold on the string so it wouldn't get too high. <laughs> <laughs> I think he also had a diecast Airwolf too that I was always jealous of. It was a little bit bigger than your normal like uh, Matchbox or Hot Wheels cars, but huge into Airwolf back in the day. And it's been a if you go through those first couple seasons, they're still pretty rewatchable. Even though those glowing orange missiles, <laughs> not a uh, not necessarily uh, the hold up the the effects, but. Still some fun, you know, more practical stuff, explosions, and just the the aerial footage that is uh, great stuff. The next show they mentioned would be right up my alley today. It's called uh-huh. Call to Glory, which apparently it didn't really last. But, you know, it says, what were you doing in the early 60s? It was a time of activism and upheaval, sit-ins, Cuban Missile Crisis, protests, JFK and Camelot. In this series, the era is seen largely through the eyes of a single family. And it stars Craig T. Nelson, who went on to be in coach and stuff. But Nissy's an Air Force 
first colonel who commands a group of reconnaissance pilots. Uh, his pilots and their families are the first to be affected by some of the dramatic events of the period. It says it blends the realism of Hill Street blues with family warmth and stuff. But it also starred a young Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, this being 84, I wonder if that possibly helped derail it because her movie career was taken off. And like if she wasn't going to be coming back or I yeah. look this show up because I'll look it up while we're talking. Gosh, she even looks younger than she was in the Karate Kid in this one. I know. So this was probably filmed before Karate Kid anyway. So well, Karate I, Kid came out in 84. I'm not sure when. So they might have been filming kind of at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, who knows how many stuff, uh, episodes aired? A lot of that stuff um, back then on the TV shows, they would film them like a year in advance and they would put it all in the can. Whereas now, you know, right. when the series starts on TV, they're still filming the second half of the season. So back then, I believe they filmed the entire thing. Uh, it says aired 22 episodes, so it only made one season on the ABC network. Uh, it says it was heavily promoted during ABC's broadcast of the 84 Summer Olympics. First episode, August 13th. Um, starred Elizabeth Shue in one of her early roles. I don't really say why it didn't make it. I guess the ratings were just low. Yeah. But that show looked interesting because I like period pieces. Uh, especially, you know, like the Wonder Years and things. Which right, right. Went on later, you know, a couple years after this and and done really well, so... Um, but I thought that show would have done better, but it was not. But the next one sure did. Oh heck yeah! For a long, it lasted for a long time. Mm-hmm. Up till at least ninety, if I remember right. Yeah, it's several several seasons, and I like the earlier ones. I I love Roz, who came in probably like season maybe three mm-hmm. as one of the bailiffs. But um, yeah, I well of course Bull had been there. I'm trying to remember the uh, the older lady's name, who she was in the um, the first couple seasons. She was still funny, and this was before uh, Marky Post came in too. I think mm-hmm. she came in maybe season two or season three, uh, which was her and uh, <laughs> of course John Larroquette going back and forth was always great. Uh, but yeah, it was all I loved Judge Stone and. His magic and just his, I don't know, zaniness from the bench. And then, of course, his uh, love for Mel Torme. I don't know. It was just such a great show. I loved all the characters. And you got a rotating cast of, like, just guest actors each week. And Mm -hmm. quirky little, you know, character actors that would come in and be, you know, in the middle of uh, the trial for something, something stupid and (laughs) <laughs> I just remember some of those episodes as well. That one guy that was like the, the turtle guy that talked really slow or moved slow and uh, just some zaniness like that, that always seemed to, to come up and judge stone, uh, Harry Anderson. He'd always have like the perfect one liner to, <laughs> you know, to went with his judgment on that person based on whatever quirkiness they had. But such a great show, man. I used to watch reruns all the time of it. I remember being at my Graham's house and she loved like watching old rerun sitcoms and stuff. So that was definitely up her alley. You know, I've never researched it. Is night court a thing in New York city? I'm sure it is. I'm, they would about have to be, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. The <laughs> right. Right. So 
I guess it was, you know, somewhat based on something like that, just uh, that comedic edge to it each week. But it was ahead. a rare sitcom that my dad liked and we would watch. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was on the main television uh, at a time when we only had one television. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, uh, that so, wasn't yeah, I there. Watched, <laughs> I watched my share of Night Court. It was I fun, too. It. I mean, I like, like it. yeah, I, I would. It's amazing it's not on streaming somewhere, and I haven't been looking these up, but it doesn't seem like it's been readily available for some reason. And I'd love to just to go through some seasons of Night Court because it wasn't just about in the courtroom either. You had those fun little sidebars in Harry's office that what was that whatever was going on that week, and when they'd sit around the cafeteria too, you know, that was always fun. So it just wasn't all centered around just being in the the courtroom, which made it really fun. I'm going to pull up just watching while we're talking here. Besides collecting the Halloween and Christmas issues of TV Guide, I also collect Halloween and Christmas episodes of TV shows. Mm -hmm. And on my hard drive, we've got the Halloween and Christmas episodes from the whole Night Court series. Oh, fun. And we put all these different shows because I've got so many of them. We can't watch them all in a season each year. So we'll rotate them out. Year before last was kind of night court year. We watched the Halloween episodes and then the Christmas episodes and stuff. Wow. Yeah, we nine seasons. Year. Nine seasons it was on up through. 93. Yeah. 92, I guess. 92. You can rent episodes on Amazon. You can also buy them there. Also on Google Play, Apple, and Vudu, according to Just Watch. Going back to the shows we already talked about, Airwolf. 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 Airwolf I. It's not showing up on here. Uh, for a while, I know it had been on Netflix. That's where I was watching it. And then it might have moved to maybe the NBC or ABC app or one of those apps. Don't see any information on that now. That's a prime series for something like Tubi. That's oh, the kind yeah. of show they would, or or Pluto TV. They could have a whole Airwolf channel. Oh, God. Uh, I thought I need a cigarette, like you say. <laughs> I would sit down and watch that, no problem. Well, I'd say you could not waste your time looking for this next show called Riptide. Uh, <laughs> two private detectives who live on a trawler called Riptide in a Southern California marina featuring bikini-clad babes and yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> P.I. shows have always done good. This show actually lasted longer than I thought. It ran two seasons. So, uh, yeah. and it says after its cancellation, reruns were aired on the USA Network during the late 80s. Uh, nothing really memorable about it, as f- for me anyway. I don't know if you remember that show or not. I do. The Again, it was all about those crazy vehicles back then. It had that huge pink helicopter with the face on the front. And I think I've told this on here before, but I would stay up and watch the A-Team from 8 to 9. And as soon as either that ending uh, with the Stephen J. Cannell's <laughs> productions where he throws that paper up in the air and it kind of sways back and forth to his mm-hmm. logo. I remember that being the end of A-Team or when the intro to Riptide, sometimes they'd let me watch the intro to Riptide and then it was off the bed. <laughs> that, I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Riptide, but I just remember the intro and that being my, my bedtime <laughs> when that came on. At nine o'clock, but that might have been, I don't know if that was the original time slot or maybe uh, the second season, but yeah, I don't see it anywhere. <laughs> it's not anywhere on streaming right now. No, I couldn't imagine it would be. 
But speaking of Stephen J. Cannell, um, the Call to Glory show was mm-hmm. a show he created too that we just talked about. You can get uh, the complete Riptide series over on Amazon for looks like forty bucks. Dang, that's they're proud of that, ain't they? That's now that's thirty-five-year-old TV show that failed. Let's charge forty bucks for it. Yeah, that says three seasons. <laughs> Well, maybe it did run three seasons. I thought it says it ran from 84 to 86. I yeah. guess 84, 85, and 86 season, maybe. The other thing that's in all their you know, kind of promotional stuff is that stupid robot you see. <laughs> it's so like, I don't know. I love robots and stuff back in the day, but <laughs> probably trying to watch that now. <laughs> You'd be rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, up next is a show with Don Rickles and Steve Lawrence called Fallups, Bleeps, and Blunders, <laughs> which I'm guessing was going to be ABC's attempt to do uh, a version of Practical Jokes and Bloopers. Yeah. Bloopers. Because I believe that also debuts this year. We'll get to it in a little bit, I think. But yeah, it does. TV's Bloopers and Practical Jokes is later in this thing. So uh, one of those shows, you know, we know what those are all about. I never really thought they were overly funny then. And they became way less funny when America's Funniest Home Videos came along. And now in the days of YouTube, they're just not funny whatsoever. <laughs> to go right, back yeah. and watch what we thought was funny back then. Well, just looking at the synopsis here, it sounds like it's a mix of like America's Funniest Videos, some like outtakes or gag reels or something from movies and just uh, TV, looks like TV news broadcasts, foul-ups and stuff, uh, a lot of different stuff, more than just what, you know, those bloopers and practical jokes were from those shows with Dick Clark and uh, Ed McMahon. But, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, I don't know. It's weird what was on or, like, reality TV, and what we would think of now. It was totally different back then <laughs> before America's Funniest Videos hit, which was what, like 80, 88, 89? Well, 88 yeah. or now. I remember we talked about it on your old Rediscover the 80s podcast one time. But That's right. Yeah, there's like some specials, I think, that ran first, and then they made it into a series. Yeah. Well, the next one is Kate and Allie, which I remember watching as a kid, but today mm-hmm. I can't tell you what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being on, too, and I think it ran pretty long as far as had several seasons. I don't remember. I couldn't tell you either what was going on with it. I do know that CBS made them show a scene every episode, or maybe it was in the intro or whatever of them retiring to separate bedrooms because they didn't want viewers at home to think they were lesbians. Interesting. I, I do remember that, but Jane Curtin, uh, has always been good and stuff. And, uh, who was Susan St. James is her co-star in that. Uh, they're both just living together with their kids though. So yeah. Divorced and yeah. Standard sitcom fare there. Yeah. Kind of your typical, uh, back in the day. That's, uh, you can find that complete series over on Amazon too for 50 bucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer. Again, that's a show I watched. Couldn't really tell you a whole lot about it today. Yeah. I remember... I don't know. I was thinking there was they were mainly movies, but I guess it was a regular series for some reason. I had that in my head. Mike Hammer. 
you know, back in the day, the the detective shows were just about every <laughs> every uh, primetime show was almost a detective show. Even like you think of like Knight Rider and Simon and Simon, and just they centered around just different characters, but kind of that private eye or uh, uh, detective stories. They were huge mm-hmm. in the '80s. Stacy Keach and Lindsay Bloom. Don't know who that is. Me either. And then we already talked a little bit about TV's bloopers and practical jokes with Dick Clark and Ed McMahon. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's all the early starters, which those, you know, two episodes share a page, so they don't have much info. Now we're getting into the big ones they expected to be big. And this first one, I don't know why this was not a long running hit. And I'm going to pull it up here and, and see what I can find on it. It's called Partners in Crime. And it stars Linda Carter and Lonnie Anderson. Both of these women are ex-wives of a rich man who dies and leaves both of them his big Victorian mansion and his private eye agency. <laughs> You've got these two good-looking women in the 80s, in 1984, when they're both kind of at the height of their power. you got an interesting hook. They're first-time private detectives. It's got a little comedy in it. I just don't know why it didn't have a longer run. And, and until I got these TV guides and discovered the show, I'd never even heard of it before that. It says NBC canceled it after 13 episodes. Hmm. Well, I don't see that's even been released to DVD. Just going back to Mike Hammer real quick. You can stream two seasons of it on Amazon right now for free for free. And you also do. the Roku channel. Oh, so you well, can find, check it out then you can find my camera there. Yeah. I'm not finding any information. I don't remember this show at all. But again, we're, <laughs> we're into the uh, the private detectives again. But yeah, just these two together, that would have been the height of their celebrity stardom, mm-hmm. I would think. And and coming together, you would have thought that would have been a, a highly rated show <laughs> just to watch the two on screen. Right. Yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Partners um, in crime. I wonder if the, some of these might be over on YouTube. They might be. They might be. The next show I'd never heard of either called Cover Up. Uh, Globetrotting private investigators, <laughs> male and female. <laughs> I've, I've not heard this one either. I don't believe it went anywhere. Next is Finder of Lost Loves. Uh, do you have a lost love? What if? Whatever happened to Once Upon a Time Sweetheart? Come on, admit it. Sure you do. And if you ever wonder what it would be like to renew that magical romance... Probably not more than two or three times a day. And you thought no one knew about your secret fantasy. Well, Aaron Spelling knows. (laughs) (laughs) This is an Aaron Spelling show. Uh, A guy goes around tracing down lost loved ones. So it's a private detective in the, in the love life game. I'm pretty sure that didn't last very long either. Yeah. uh, Just uh, going back a tick. I did find, looks like there's uh, some episodes of that Partners in Crime show over Ooh. on YouTube to check out. Uh, I, I really doubt that a cover-up is going to be available. <laughs> How many seasons did you say it lasted? Just one? I, oh, I don't know. I didn't look it up. I've just never heard of it. So I couldn't imagine it would last would have lasted very long. Uh, looks like the... Uh, Full series is on YouTube. Wow. How many episodes is it? Four? 19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playlist is 22. 
So I guess we got a full season. 84, 85. Full and complete episodes. Hmm. uh, Over on YouTube. Both of those, that and uh, Finder of Lost Loves. Never watched an episode of either one. Never even heard of them. (laughs) Me neither. But this next one we've heard of, and it's got a reboot coming. Punky Brewster. That's right. Debuted in 1984. Uh, that's another one I watched. That's one that I was excited to watch when I seen the previews for it and mom and I would watch it. And I, I thought punky was pretty cool. And, uh, our good friend, Adam used to have a crush on punky Brewster. And I believe the story goes something. He called his operator and wanted to be connected to punky Brewster or something. Didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And when one of our uh, feedback uh, comments, (laughs) It might have been the Mount Crushmore, actually. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was. So uh, that's a show I'm sure a lot of people remember. It yeah. didn't last very long, though. Yeah. I don't remember how long it lasted, but it wasn't. I'm I mean, sure it's not like it went seasons. for eight. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't like it went eight or nine seasons or anything, though. I guess as she started growing up, it lost its appeal. But if they had yeah. it going to turn into, yeah. it would have probably stayed on the air. <laughs> And I remember mainly watching, I remember she had a cartoon series as well. Uh-huh. I watched uh, it. I watched a little bit of that, but I mainly remember the, you know, the regular sitcom show. Four seasons. You can find that on the NBC app and also on the USA app, two seasons of it. Ooh. And you can also find it on Amazon if you want to buy it. Um, I didn't even know USA had an app. I didn't either until uh, <laughs> I punched it in over here and just watch. I wonder if you have so, to pay for it or it, it may be one of those things where you got to have a cable subscription or something to have access to it. I'll check it out after the show. Yeah. That's really interesting. Uh, Cause yeah, there's a lot of USA shows, um, original shows that I remember watching back in the day, but Punky Brewster. Yeah, it was fun. She was uh, always fun. You had uh, commandant Lassard was her uh, <laughs> guardian uh, <laughs> and I always loved him. So it was a fun show. I just I don't remember going through entire seasons of or it being appointment television or anything for me. But uh, very fun show. And yes, I'm looking forward to see what they do with it on Peacock. Uh, I'm guessing later this year, maybe sometime uh, in the next couple months as that's released. I think it was supposed to be released or previewed in April this year, this month, and then wide to everybody in June. So I'm not sure if that's still the timeline. But, uh, yeah, interest that. And, of course, the Saved by the Bell show. Very curious to see those reboots. The next show is called Hot Pursuit. And I first thought, oh, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a car chase show. No, it's kind of like The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have somebody who's framed for murder. When you read a little farther on this on Wikipedia, it talks about there's people who have been created to look just like these people. And they're running from them. And mm-hmm. they've been murdered by somebody who looks exactly like them is this a show you remember no don't remember this one at all Uh, now but i don't remember it yeah looks like it might have had a uh movie to start out and uh i'm seeing that that's on youtube actually (laughs) it aired from september 22nd to december 28th oh wow Uh, it don't say it was a mini series so i'm guessing it was just a failed series yeah, there's a the first uh, hour and a half of it's on YouTube for free if you want to check it out. Probably too confusing for people to stick with. Could be. 
Well, the next one I was, I'm going to let you be the authority on. Cause I think you've done a whole podcast on it. <laughs> Street Hawk. Oh my God. Street Hawk. It's probably the top one season show that I, I wish would have had more. And it was a victim of, I think where it was placed as far as, uh, in the schedule, it was up against some heavy hitters and I think it was actually delayed or, uh, I want to say they had scheduled it to go on. I'm, I'm pretty sure they had it scheduled to show its first episode after the Super Bowl in in '84, and something got happened where I mean that, I think that did pretty well, and then they had it slotted somewhere and had to move it, and then it was up against I think maybe some uh, other shows that were big on Thursday or Friday night, and it just killed it, but. Yeah, we've done a whole podcast over there and rediscovered the 80s going back through the entire series. I think it's 13, maybe it was only 10 episodes. can't remember off the top of my head, but I've watched the whole series several times. It's so great. The original actor they wanted for that was uh, George Clooney, or at least he auditioned for it. And, of course, it went to Rex Smith. In the, I think it's the second episode after the pilot episode... Clooney makes an appearance in early, <laughs> early, this is like facts of life, George Clooney, you know, well, uh, we don't have another George Clooney <laughs> appearance farther on down this list too. So, but it, it was such a great show. I loved the bike. Christopher Lloyd in a villain role in the pilot, mm. which was really interesting. And he played it so damn good. It's a really fun series. It's fairly cheap too. uh, over on Amazon, let me, uh, I'm going to look it up here real quick because, uh, it's worth the buy. Well, I guess it went up a little bit from <laughs> it's on 30 bucks. Now well, I remember you've done that podcast. I, I must've. Yeah. I just hyped the crap out of it. You can actually find it on prime video. I, for a while it was on for free, but now it looks like you can shoot. You can buy episodes for a dollar on Amazon. That's a lot cheaper than you know, the the digital copy versus the, the DVD set. Wow, but yeah, you can buy every episode for a dollar. So thirteen bucks, you can own the entire series digitally, hmm. which is it, which is worth it. Trust me, because there's still that that superhero kind of aura about Jesse Mock because he's almost got that. Hey, I'm a street cop. And I'm a during the day and at night I'm this, you know, masked vigilante (laughs) (laughs) and it used to drive me crazy because there's a couple episodes where he gets thrown from the bike and it's just laying there and he, he's like defenseless, uh, (laughs) without the bike. It's what's interesting is they didn't add like the, the rockets and the machine guns, I think until the actual series, there was none of that in the initial episode. Hmm. He had that little laser that came out the front, I think, but they didn't add the machine guns and all that other crap to the bike until they started rolling with it. But yeah, it's such a great show, man. Have you ever watched any episodes or I have or not experienced it? Oh nope, my gosh. I haven't. I, I'm, I might just have to buy you the whole series and so you can watch it. It's a, so good, man. A $3 million computerized motorcycle. Yeah, 300 yeah. miles an hour, too, man. Straight up in the air. <laughs> so yeah, so you had the... It was like kit in bike form, except for the like 
I don't know, bulletproof shell, but he had the laser on the front. He could turbo boost over cars. That George Clooney episode, he drives a black charger, like the General Lee charger, but it's all black. And he like jumps over it. He can actually does a flip backwards <laughs> in the pilot, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it says on here it can even do backflips. Yeah, and all of the weaponry. And then he's got the super speed, too. And the relationship between him and Norman, who is uh, uh, in the command center there, Joe Rigobuto, who was on Murphy Brown for a long time, is really fun because he, he's wanting to like protect the bike, don't damage the bike. He built the thing, you know, it's his $3 million baby, essentially. <laughs> and Jesse is just this, like, loose cannon. He uh, was a motorcycle cop, you know, doing tricks and trying to do whatever he can with the bike. It's a great show. I'd highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah, so y'all head over to rediscoverthe80s.com and listen to that for more uh, of Jason falling in love with an inanimate motorcycle. <laughs> uh. We've got to bring your own cigarettes, though, when you listen. Uh, next up, the one we've mentioned this show a couple times before, Murder, She Wrote. Yes. How many murders can happen in that small town in Maine where she lives and writes about them? <laughs> well, wasn't it you that was like, you need to go into the show with the mindset that she's the murderer? Yes. <laughs> yeah. and she's oh, killing yeah. people, so she's got something to write about. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense that way. And, you know, it breaks up the monotony of watching Murder, She Wrote so many times I've seen right. in my life. My mom used to love that show. Oh, it was yeah. always on. Oh, my gosh. Remember when yeah. USA used to show it nightly? She watched it every night. Yeah, my gram, too. She loved that show. Uh, if you can't get enough of it, you can find five seasons of it over on Amazon Prime Video. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the next show we've got is the George Clooney vehicle ER, but not the ER most people are here with. This is E slash R, right. uh, which I used to love this show, but not in its original run. I watched it when I think it was Lifetime used to show it in the afternoon at like 2 p.m. back in the 90s. They yeah. would show it with uh, back to back with a show called Easy Street that had Lonnie Anderson in it, two half hour sitcoms, but it was a good show. Um, Elliot Gould plays the main doctor in it. So that that's good. He's always good and stuff. George Clooney. He was, a, I think an ambulance driver. He would make cameo appearances, you know, here and there in the series as they mm -hmm. brought people in, but one that you've seen, not one that I've seen. Nope. It's a fun show. I think I looked it up at one time and it used to be on YouTube. At least some episodes were, but, uh, just a little, you know, little sitcom in a, in an emergency room. Nothing real heavy or anything. Just a light sitcom. Oh, okay. So it wasn't anything uh, dramatic or it was a sitcom? No. Yeah, it was a sitcom. Okay. Yeah. That's a kind of a weird place to hold a sitcom. but Well, they used to, I, if I remember correctly from when I watched it, a lot of the action took place in the little break room or cafeteria thing they had. Okay. You know, they'd sit around drinking coffee and, and stuff. So uh, The next show's really interesting. Three's a crowd, which was the follow-up to Three's Company, and it mm -hmm. it didn't last a season. I'm pretty sure I've read that before. And what I also learned was that when Three's Company was wrapping up the season before this, they had the three-part finale that tied directly into Three's a Crowd. Mm -hmm. 
But I think in without reading through all this here, Jack get married and then it's his father-in-law he works for now or something. Something to that effect. Overbearing father. Yeah, they open restaurant. a restaurant together. Yeah. yeah. I remember watching maybe a couple episodes in like reruns or something, but yeah, it was not one that I'd have connected with really over the years. It does not have the reputation that three's company did. That's right. Next up, I think is another failure. It's just called Jesse for millions of fans. Lindsay Wagner is a bionic woman, a lady who can outrun a horse, lift a car with her right arm and hear a pin drop in the next County. This new series, her muscle is strictly mental. She plays Dr. Jesse Hayden, a staff psychiatrist with the Metropolitan Police Department. So I don't believe that show really lasted either. Yeah, I don't remember that one at all. It's hard to look it up because when you start searching like TV series, Jesse, you get the Disney Channel Jesse on everything. So it's hard Uh, to find information on it. It's probably, uh, probably one on YouTube. Let's check it out. You got the intro. Yeah, it looks like they got a couple episodes maybe broken up in different parts here, but just not uh, nothing, anything put together for Jesse. I like the Bionic Woman. I'd watch that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next show is uh, Paper Dolls. It says if Dynasty married the Princess Diary, its offspring would be gorgeous, glamorous, large cast series called Paper Dolls. Uh, Nicolette Sheridan. Yes. Nicolette very Sheridan. young Nicolette Sheridan. Terry Farrell. Morgan Fairchild. And of course, yeah, one of the <laughs> beauties of the 80s, Morgan Fairchild. Mm-hmm. That series is actually all on YouTube. I just looked it up. Lloyd Bridges, too, has, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know who he is. He's the tycoon they're talking about in here. Interesting. But, yeah, you can find that on uh, YouTube. I'm guessing that was like a primetime soap opera. Like a lot of. More than more than likely, yeah. Uh, did did uh, Morgan Fairchild do anything but soap opera? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Then we've got another sitcom, Mr. Scott Bayo and Charles in Charge, debuted yep. in 1984. I never, I don't think I've ever watched any Charles in Charge. Oh, really? Mm-mm. I would catch an episode here and there, mainly in the reruns. It wasn't anything that I was uh, watching on a weekly basis back then, even you know, throughout its, let's see, five seasons it went for. Uh, yeah, just never, never really got into that. that that's on that USA app as well streaming oh you can buy seasons you know pretty much everywhere amazon apple but yeah i didn't I, it was a fun show um wasn't really uh like i said it wasn't really something that i would watch on a week-to-week basis but i caught an episode here and there well then we've got a show dreams that if you look at the picture it, it you can tell it's definitely from the 80s <laughs> Yes. Like a young group of people <laughs> trying to make it in a rock band starring a young John Stamos as the lead guitarist. The teen uh, idol formerly of General Hospital. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to see who else is in this. I don't Jamie recognize. Gertz. Jamie Gertz is in it. That's the only other one I recognize. Yeah. I... She's been in several movies throughout the 80s. But yeah, Dreams. Let me see if that one might be on YouTube. I uh, see the intro, but nope. 
Five young Philadelphians who were trying to make it as a rock band. I really don't think it lasted very long either. I don't think so. (laughs) But the next show did. Highway to Heaven. Oh, man. Such a great show. Michael Landon and Victor French. That was a great pairing on everything they were on. This is a show, again, I caught in syndication. It used to come on our local NBC affiliate every afternoon at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 5 o'clock. No, it was 4 o'clock after He-Man and all that went off. That was like one of my Graham's favorite shows. That's almost always streaming for free on some service. It just makes the rounds as a free offer. It does. <laughs> it does. We actually uh, went through a few episodes of the first season. I don't know. I think it was last year just to see if maybe it'd be something we could watch as a family if you can get past like the fashion of the time. And there are still some great stories surrounding it. Uh, Mm -hmm. you can actually watch it on Amazon prime video. Now all five seasons, uh, it's available for free. It's also on Netflix, also on Roku and the dove channel. Yeah. It it plays all the time. So it does. There's still some, like I said, (laughs) you got to get around the, the fashion and especially if you're watching it with the kids, but remember watching a few episodes and still enjoying it. So very well beloved show. I'm thinking that was a, one of those ones that was constantly up for Emmy awards. Probably was this next show was not, but it's a, (laughs) it's a great show though. It's called it's your move. And it stars Jason Bateman. Is this show you've ever watched? No. Check it out on YouTube because it's a great show, but it's got Jason Bateman. He's a teenager. He lives with his mom and the other star, David Garrison moves in. What? It's Steve. Steve from, from uh, married with children. Oh yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> Sorry. He uh, moves in a, across the way from him in the apartment across the hall and him and Jason Bateman's mom kind of have eyes for each other, but Jason Bateman don't want nothing to do with it. So every episode of the series is a long run and it's kind of like Roadrunner and Coyote where they're both sabotaging each other. Uh-huh. He's sabotaging the teenager and the teenager sabotaging him. And Jason Bateman's running scams to get out of school, but this other guy's going to tell his mom and it, it's a game of one upsmanship. And it is, it's funny. It's a really fun show to watch. It only lasted 12 or 14 episodes or something to that effect. Pilot is on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's really fun though. I recommend that one to folks to go check out on YouTube then, because it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Up next, people do the craziest things, kind of in the vein of the the practice yeah. show and things. It Bird says in the powder room, in the powder room of a Florida nightclub, the producers of this series placed a male statue with a movable fig leaf and a sign warning women not to move it. You know, yeah, practical uh, joke kind of stuff yeah um it didn't last long the next one did who's the boss oh yeah judith light and tony danza and and Alyssa milano yeah that was a long-running show let me see how many seasons that was had to been yeah eight seasons the roku channel has the first two seasons for free did they end up getting married at the end of that or getting together, or I think hooking up, or something. I think at one point, yeah, that happened. I did not watch the show enough to to follow the storylines, but I know that was kind of the tension for seasons. You know, was them are they going to hook up or not? And then uh, her mom, oh gosh, I think she was the best character on the show. Uh, what was her name? 
Catherine Hellman, I think yeah. is her name. Just the wit and the sarcasm. <laughs> it was uh she was always a fun character. She was almost like the Sophia of the <laughs> of the group. And uh yeah, very that was uh they won ten primetime Emmy Awards, five Golden Globe nominations with that show. It was very highly acclaimed. Well, the next one is one of the biggest shows of the eighties, the yeah. Cosby show. Uh yep. those early seasons were my favorites. The ones where Rudy was real small because yeah. they were funnier and Theo was an idiot teenager. Yeah. That that that's classic American sitcom right there. Regardless of what happened with Bill Cosby later on, at that point in time, that was yeah. that was good American TV. And then when little Olivia came in after Rudy had grown up, I guess they tried to go back to the roots of the show with that comic relief of the young it child. Worked. It, I thought it yeah. worked. Yeah. It but uh, yeah, I, that was a good show. It was really. Yeah, good. I loved his uh, his parents that would come over. The grandfather who was the the voice of Panthro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember that being one that we would watch every week at Thursday. I mean, that was a appointment television for a while, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I, the earlier seasons were great. You know, when, uh, he's teaching Theo to shave and just the teenager Theo and yeah, the, the Rudy and then eventually Olivia. And then her, when, uh, uh, who was the dad, her dad, is it Greg was the son-in-law? Yeah. He was Greg fun. don't sound right, but yeah, I love that character too. Uh, that, that's shit. another one. We just watched the Thanksgiving episode of that this year where they mm-hmm. keep cliff out in the rain to get supplies. And that's pretty funny. Yeah. And then of course the spinoff too, a different world was right up my alley as well. I loved watching those two back to back. If you would like to watch it, it is on Amazon prime, eight seasons of it. The Cosby show is Cosby show is. Yeah. Surprising these days. It is. It really is that, I mean, there's, I don't know, there's enough of an audience, I think, still there that you've got to have it somewhere. Well, there's a, I would say the same thing about the Dukes of Hazard, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those early seasons, I will agree. Those were the best. Just another example of them northern aggressors, northern agitators. <laughs> uh, we got a few more shows here to get through. Uh, you changing the subject. Yeah, I'm huh? changing the subject, yeah. All right, glitter. <laughs> uh, listen, half of my life in the north, half in the south. So you can call me the Mason Dixon line if you want to. Now, once you've been north, that that's it. I mean, you're you're <laughs> you're ruined at that point. Oh man! But this next show, Glitter, also produced by Aaron Spelling, uh, mm-hmm. behind the scenes of a top entertainment magazine, uh, business, politics, journalism. Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it ran in 84 and 85. Looks like it had 14 episodes. So Yeah, that yada, yada, yada is to go over to YouTube if you want to watch it, because it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the Series V come oh, along gosh. after the mini Series V. This was the TV Series V. Mm-hmm. I have this weird memory around V, and I remember being over at a friend's house watching one of the bowl games, like college football games. It might've been, I don't know if it was an early 84 or early 85. 
and they were promoting the crap out of that show. And I think there was an episode maybe on after one of the college football bowl games and we're watching that and it just scared the crap out of me as a kid, those dang lizard people. There's a, a, a few episodes where they finally reveal the, the lizards or whatever underneath their skin. It just freaked me the hell out. And I have that weird memory of, of seeing either promos or, or watching an episode or something around that time. Just, I've never gone back and watched it either. <laughs> well, it says here, this is a pretty exciting description. V is about aliens who come to earth under friendly pretext, looking just like humans, but underneath they're really disgusting lizards who want our water and they want us for food. They also go around swallowing rodents, impregnating our teenagers, and brainwashing our scientists. You can see how they'd be a nuisance. Yeah. Oh, boy, whoever wrote that little paragraph needs a raise. <laughs> well, it is available to purchase. Voodoo, Amazon. Well, Voodoo has three seasons available. Amazon has one. Google Play, one. So uh, I'm not sure what the the difference is there if it's maybe just the they call that original miniseries or the first season but i think it was like they did a miniseries they did the regular television series and then they did another movie that was like the final battle or something and yeah that's just one i've never and and the guy the uh the main alien guy is from macgyver so every time i see him i'm like where's macgyver <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I love Mark Singer now. I loved him in The Beastmaster, but I have not connected with V. Well, I haven't either. The next show I used to watch, I don't know why, but Hunter, the old cop oh, show, yeah. Sergeant Rick Hunter, played by Fred Dreyer. I used to watch it, I think for lack of options in its time slot with my basic television package when I was younger. <laughs> so. Yeah, now that one is one that makes the rounds, too. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's over on Roku. It's all seven seasons you can get on the Roku channel. It's one my dad loved. And it was and it was kind of in that Dirty Harry vein, except, you know, dumbed down for TV. It's not, wasn't, uh, you know, that level of Dirty Harry. But he just had that mannerism about him, and... Uh, again, more detective kind of work. This was more of a police show, but still you're solving, I think it was like a homicide. They were homicide detectives. And, uh, I remember it went on for several seasons and then they started doing movies like towards the end of the run, they would do a Hunter movie. So dad loved it. And so we got plenty of it in the house when it was on, he was watching, he was glued, <laughs> glued to it, but it was a good show. I got a feeling this next one wasn't Hawaiian heat. No. Are you ready for Sheboygan jokes? Here's <laughs> one. You know why dogs from Sheboygan have flat noses? They keep chasing after parked cars. So Wow. Uh, so I guess it's two cops living in Hawaii. Did uh, you hear about the Hallie mosquito bit Dolly Parton on the arm? I don't get that. I don't either. I don't even recognize the actors. They were pushing it because I've got a, uh, on the Friday night that it actually debuted, you know how they used to have those, uh, artistic ads in TV guide, the drawings, uh -huh, uh -huh. it was a full two page spread oh, for wow. Heat that night. And especially when we talk about the next show that debuted the same night, you'll 
that was a huge misfire on TV Guide's part. <laughs> huge <laughs> misfire. <laughs> because the next show was Miami Vice, but they chose to do a two-page spread for Hawaiian Heat instead of Miami Vice. Wow. <laughs> Just wow. Uh, let me see here. Let me look up Hawaiian Heat TV series. Yeah, I, I saw a couple promos on YouTube. It's not there. It made it 11 episodes. 11 episodes. Wow. Yeah. So that was not one that was destined for glory. Of course, now that was on ABC. Uh, at the same time, I'm pretty sure as Miami Vice was on NBC. So right. maybe that right. had something to do with it. Yeah, I don't even see that on YouTube anywhere. <laughs> if that tells you anything. Oh, well. But we all know Miami Vice went on to be a, a great, television show show and a one of the best examples if you want to take somebody like my kids for example and says what were the 80s like miami vice is something you can show them they're going to get the fashion the music the culture the lingo everything you're going to give them a little bit of everything and encompass the 80s with that show it's one of many shows but that's a great example of the show yeah i remember it being kind of taboo at the time they Use a little bit more coarse language, and the violence was higher than most shows. My dad loved it. I remember waking up or you know sneaking out and, and watching <laughs> a little bit of it here and there uh, after I'd gone to bed. It had a little edge to it, but yet just the I don't know. It was almost too much eighties, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> just uh, over the top at some points, but. I've gone back and watched the series all the way through at least twice. And there's just a slew of great guest appearances throughout the whole series, mainly the first couple seasons, but you'll get, uh, you get people like, uh, uh, Al Bundy (laughs) at O'Neill was was in an episode episode or something. Bruce Willis. Yeah. I mean, uh, just everybody who was anybody in, in movie actors that usually didn't do too much TV would be in that series. But yeah, just, just some great and some great recurring characters. Uh, they're uh, informant. Oh yeah. you get Glenn, I mean, the music too. I mean, the music is iconic. They had three soundtracks, I think released from Miami vice, uh, not just Jan hammers, you know, theme and stuff, but just like full, soundtracks that they would use actually in the series too that pilot is you know iconic with the phil collins song and them just cruising through town Mm -hmm. and uh oh gosh such a great series can't say enough about it well that's all the shows that tv guide previewed for that year and that uh, just i'm sorry just backing up you can stream miami vice now if you've got the you can uh, stream, if you've got the Stars app, all five seasons there, DirecTV, two seasons on the USA app. It was on, it was one of those ones, I remember a time when Netflix had all of these old shows. And in one swoop, we lost like Miami Vice, the A-Team, all those NBC shows just were gone and went over to, I think it was the NBC app or NBC Classics, they called it something. And then... Uh, now it's just kind of few and far between of where it's at. But if you got the stars app, you can watch all five seasons. Well, there were some other shows that TV guy didn't mention that there's three of them. that kind of stand out to me. Okay. One we talked about earlier was Santa Barbara, a soap opera. And that reason it stands out was Tim who lived beside me. His mom 
liked soap operas and she was so excited that there was finally a new one starting that she could start from the beginning. Cause mm-hmm. you look at guiding light and days of our lives and all that crap have been going for 20 some years at that point. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I remember going over to Tim's after school every day and that plan in the background. So I listened to a lot of Santa Barbara, never watched <laughs> any of it though. <laughs> and then a show on Nickelodeon out of control starring Dave Coulier. It was his first show. Oh but yeah. I remember, that I show. remember seeing it. Well, I was going to say, I remember seeing it in like the late eighties, 88 or 89. And when I looked it up, it said it ran almost continuously. It only filmed one season, but they just kept playing it, playing it, playing it all the way up through 92. So hmm. I've seen it in probably 88, 89 ish, 90, maybe when I watched it, it used to come on Sunday afternoons when I watched it. Gotcha. And then the other show was Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't get the syndicated shows much, it seems like, in the, in the TV guides, but no. uh, as far as highlighting the shows. But, yeah, that was one that uh, a staple with Dad loved watching those. The exotic cars and the mansions and just everything was great. And 1984 was a great year for cartoons, too, which you and I talked. We're going to save those for a future episode. But just to tease people, stuff like Muppet Babies, Saturday Super K, Dungeons and Dragons, Pole Position, Turbo Team, Mr. T. What else was on that year? Snorks, Pink Panther and Sons, Kid Video, Dragon's Lair, Alvin and the Chipmunks. We'll definitely have to do a 1984 cartoon podcast. Oh, gosh, yes. And not even rank them, not do a list, but we'll just, like we did this, we'll just talk about all of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Get along, gang. Pryor's Place, I remember seeing advertisements and stuff, but I don't remember a lot about that show. Me either. Might be one that I need to revisit someday and see what that's like. In 1984, you wouldn't have thought the foul-mouthed Richard Pryor was going to be your, what you would <laughs> right. train your Saturday morning lineup around. Because... <laughs> I don't remember 1984 that well, but I'm sure my mom saw that and was like, absolutely not. <laughs> right, You're not yeah. watching that. So, I mean, that's kind of probably a misfire on CBS's part, I would think. Yeah, I don't I don't get that either. Ton, I mean, just a ton of cartoons that year that just I would have been watching every Saturday morning. That's when you wish you had TiVo or something. <laughs> right, yeah. So Eight-hour VHS tape. Step <laughs> Not to step on our cartoon podcast, but Pryor's Place ran one season for 13 episodes. That sounds right. That sounds right. I was thinking it was like one season because it wasn't something that they just teased for that, you know, fall season or whatever, and it was gone. <laughs> looks like uh, looks like it might be on YouTube, or at least some episodes. Yeah, we can watch it on YouTube. Features yeah. a cast of puppets hanging out in a friendly inner city environment with several children. Ray Parker Jr. I just saw the theme song. I just saw that. Yep. So it, it didn't last. Thirteen episodes, one season. It looks like a sketch comedy kind of set in the vein of Sesame Street with yeah. the you know puppets and everything else. Still, I think it was a misfire. Yeah. All right. Was well, that going to do it for '84 TV? I believe it does. Okay. Well, we had a, a few feedback uh, comments. I was late to get it up on Twitter, so we didn't get many, but we did get a few. Um, we had Nathan Grantham chime in at L-E-W-P-H-E, Lou, 
I don't even know. I don't even want to pronounce that. Uh, three, Hunter Airwolf, who's the boss? I know we aren't supposed to talk about it, but the Cosby show was great. And that's, I mean, that's, I don't think there's uh, any shame in admitting that the show was great. You don't want to support the man <laughs> nowadays, but uh, there's no denying that it was a huge hit and was wholesome family comedy back then. Yep, it was. Uh, just us viewers had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. It's just sad to think back now, though, that portraying such a wholesome guy on TV behind the scenes, he wasn't quite that. But that yeah. could be said about hundreds of actors, though, I guess. Probably. Just one we've uh, never heard of. J.L. Amastis. I think he had misfired on a couple choices here. Misfits of Science. I know that was a short-lived show with Courtney Cox. Never watched it. I'm not sure if that was 84, though. Night Court, Sledgehammer. Not sure if that was 84. I know Married with Children was not 84. That was later. Misfits of Science was 85. Okay. Uh, He said that was some of his favorites. Cartoon shows would be Dungeons & Dragons, Mask. Mask was actually 85. GoBot, Smurfs, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I think that was later, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a time traveler. It's probably hard. It's Could probably be. hard to keep stuff straight. If you're <laughs> that kind of life. Different timelines and things. That's Crazy. right. Uh, Brian Cave at Old School Evil with underscores in the middle there. Transformers started in '84, so I'm going with that one. Yeah, that was a huge show. Uh, Matthew Twig at Matthew J Twig. Night Court and Murder She Wrote. Yeah, Night Court. <laughs> I mean, that's a little <laughs> kind of opposite ends of the spectrum there, but... Um, it's kind of like Law and Order. You got her solving the crime, and then they're prosecuting it night court. There you go. <laughs> Let's do that crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff there. Okay, well, that's uh, that's the feedback we got this week. Again, I was late to get it out, so if you want to tweet us a message, at TR on social, and tell us your favorite shows we talked about today, we'll gladly keep the conversation going with you. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.